Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services or connect with us on Facebook. How many are thankful to be in church this morning? Yeah, I am. We're in week two of a series called Moving Into More, and um, the desire is this, that more of God in more of us. That's, that's the whole call of this, that uh, moving into more, that we would make room for more of what God is desiring, what God is doing. We believe that God's kingdom is here, that we are a part of God's kingdom, and we're a part of advancing God's kingdom on the earth, and we proclaim his name and his death until he comes again. And uh, the kingdom of God is, is, is such a vital and important thing that why we, all the earth longs for the kingdom of God, it's just not all the earth knows what they're longing for. Everyone longs for the place of God's presence, because how many know the place of God's presence is peace, it's joy, it's hope, it's the abundance of, 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 his, of everything he is. And everyone longs for that, but not everybody knows what that is. But how many know we know it is the presence of the Lord And the kingdom is near because Jesus is the one who dwells inside of us, who operates in us through his spirit, his power. The kingdom of God is everything. Uh, It's said this way that the kingdom of God, if we believe it's anything, we believe it's everything, it is relational. And so it's about relationships. The kingdom of God is about our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And I thank God for the relationships in the kingdom. A couple of months ago, I uh, was traveling uh, actually in Israel, gathered with a group of about 30 pastors from around the nation. And um, there I met uh, a young man who just has a heart and a passion and uh, got to, to just connect and uh, hear his heart for what God is doing in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, he is a revivalist. Uh, he carries just the, the heart of re- for revival to see the kingdom of God and his, his work expand on the earth. And um, Gerald Murphy is a uh, pastor in Columbus, Ohio, where he works with the youth ministry, or a, a young adults ministry, a school of ministry, and also a part of bringing the city together with the churches of Columbus, Ohio, to see God's kingdom advance there in that region, in that area. And as we connected uh, in the terminal, uh, getting ready to catch a plane, I just said, uh, man, I'd love for you to come and just be a part of uh, our service here. He had this weekend available. How many know that just because that was his availability and that was our, our timing, how many know God is in divine order and God knows how to make a divine appointment? I believe today is a divine appointment, so open your heart, lean in. Today is going to be different, and if you've been around Faith Assembly long enough, we're okay with different because we believe the kingdom of God is a variety and the kingdom of God is not your way, my way. It's the king's way and we want what the king has. And so this morning, I hope you'll just prepare your heart, lean in and allow God, the spirit of God to touch your heart. Would you please welcome my friend, Gerald Murphy, as he comes to minister to us today. And keep those hands clapping for your pastor and his wife, and the team here. Give it up for this worship team. What a powerful, powerful time of praise and worship this morning. As Marissa said, we're just going to keep it going. I'm so honored to uh, be before you, to be with you today. Had a great time this weekend with Pastor Mike and the young adults, the reckless young adults. I see some of them over here. If you're part of the reckless young adult fam, give a shout. 
Let people know you're in the building. Come on. If you are a young adult between the ages of 18 and 30 and you're not a part of Reckless Young Adults, you are missing out. And you need to get plugged in. I know they have gatherings on Thursdays, and you can see Pastor Mike for uh, more details about that. But as Pastor Jason said, we met in Israel just a few months ago, had an incredible time in the Holy Land, in Jerusalem. It was absolutely amazing. We, we were there really to, to lift up worship all over uh, the land. We, we found ourselves worshiping on Mount Carmel. We were worshiping in Hezekiah's cave. We were worshiping all over the place on the, the southern steps of the temple. It was, it was incredible. It was my second time in Israel. I went right after seminary in the summer of 2016, and that was a lot more of like an academic trip. This trip that we were on, it was all about worshiping the king in his city, and it was absolutely amazing. And I don't know about Pastor Jason. I'm sure he could attest to this. There's just something about being there that, you know, you just, you're changed. And you come back, and the ministry that you're involved in here in the States, it's, it's just even, even better once you get a chance to see the origins, the birthplace of everything that, that we gather here to celebrate, that we gather here to worship and praise, namely the person of Jesus, to be able to be in his holy land is, is just phenomenal. So, so grateful for the connection, so grateful for just getting the chance to know Pastor Jason and grateful to be here before you. I want to share something with you. It's actually a dream that I had last night when we were with the young adults this, this weekend. That first night, the presence of the Lord just, just came upon us really, really strong and, and powerfully, and we didn't want it to, to end. And so I simply encouraged the young adults that it didn't have to end, and that even as they, they slept, to invite the Holy Spirit to continue to minister to their heart, even in their dreams, and again, as they just were sleeping, to continue to just have a posture of, of worship and praise, and to ask God to speak to them, and, and he did that night. There were four dreams that, that we uh, actually prayed into that next morning on Saturday, and, and once again, there's a dream that I really felt led to share with you guys that I received last night. I was sitting down at my desk in the hotel studying, and I didn't have my glasses on, and Pastor Jason comes up from the behind, behind me, about to the right side, and he just, he offers to clean my glasses and, and, and uh, help me put them on, and he said, if they're not working, I'll buy you a new pair, just whatever I can do to make sure that you can see and, and recognize what you're reading, what you're studying, that you're, you're not missing any of the truth that's sitting before you, and just what a simple dream, and, and after he helped me put my glasses on, he, he was gone. And I, I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit just to share his heart with me about what that represented. And this is what he said, that Pastor Jason, your pastor is a true shepherd. He's a true shepherd and he loves to serve the people of God. And he actually loves to serve the leaders in the house of God. He loves to serve other pastors. He loves to come alongside and support other leaders in God's house. He's a man of the word. He's a man of truth. And he with, with no, no resistance and no hesitation, will do anything that he can to make sure that the word of God and the truth of God's heart is, is being given to the people. And as this, this dream continued to unfold, and I began to, to ask Holy Spirit for more of the interpretation, a few other things that, that he highlighted. Again, not only did he want to serve the people and the leaders of God's house, but he carries a heart for racial reconciliation and it's amazing just even sitting here this morning in both services, I see the evidence of that right here in the congregation. But this morning, he spoke that to me so clearly. And so I just want to encourage you, pray for your pastor. Pray for 
your leaders and, and recognize the gift that you have in them. And, and I really believe that what Pastor Jason and his wife and the team have been given to carry for this house, for this city, for this region is powerful. And that God wants this to be a revival hub. He wants this to be a center where people can come and experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a fresh and dynamic way that actually transforms lives, that actually brings them into the newness of life that the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ has provided for us. So before we, we step any further into this worship service, would you mind to just bow your head and close your eyes? We're going to pray for this service. We're going to pray for your pastor and his wife and this team. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now for this moment. We don't take this moment in your presence for granted, Lord. Father, I thank you for the honor and the privilege that it is to stand here on this platform behind this pulpit where this amazing man of God leads this house into your presence week after week. And Father, I am here to simply agree with the ministry that is already being poured out in this house. I am simply here to come into alignment with the vision and the mission that you have placed on his heart. And I declare this day that the things that he has spoken to you about, the things that are on his heart, the dreams, those deep desires that he and his wife carry for this house, that 2020 would be a year of acceleration, that they would begin to see the very things that they've been praying for, that they would begin to see the very things that they've been contending for, that they would begin to see with their own eyes, Lord God, the things that they've been interceding for on behalf of this house, the families of, of this house, the youth, the young adults, the children of this house, but Lord, also for this city and this region, Lord God, the heart that he carries to unify the churches, to bring the body of Christ together, that there will be an outpouring of your spirit that not any single church could contain, but every single church in this city and in this county would be filled because the word of God and the gospel has gone forth and pierced the heart of man, drawing them by your loving kindness to repentance, drawing them, Lord, into your loving arms, that they would come to know you as their heavenly father, that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and begin to walk every day as disciples of the living God and that they would be the ones just as Pastor Jason said advancing the kingdom of God in this city and in this region. Lord we thank you. We thank you for leaders and pastors that are standing firm on the word and bringing the people into your heart. And Lord this morning that's what we want more of. Your heart. This morning that's what we want more of. Your presence to see you, Jesus, to see you rightly. Oh, Lord, I know that I've only been walking for 10 years with you, but I can attest that the longer that I've been walking with you, the greater my heart has longed for you, the greater my heart has desired to see you, to know you, to come into agreement with you. And I pray that there would be an impartation this morning, this day, into this community, into this house that simply increases burning hearts for you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, that we would lay everything aside that distracts us from your face. Lord, that we would break agreement with every distraction, every other lover, every other thing that would contend for our affection. Lord, that we would find ourselves head over heels in love with you, unapologetically, unashamedly, in the name of Jesus. Lord, and let our gathering, let our time together this morning, Lord, let it simply be Lord, just another deposit toward that end. I pray that 2020 would just be an explosive year of your presence in this house. In the name of Jesus. 
God, we thank you. I feel his presence. Just in your own words, just begin to lift up praise. Just begin to lift up thanks. Oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. There's no one like you. There's none beside you. We are here for you and you alone, Jesus. Oh, just to gather around your name, to gather around your beauty, to gather around your majesty. Oh, God, what an honor. What an honor it is to be before your throne. Oh, God, that we would join in with the elders, that we would join in with the angels, that we would join in with the living creatures. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. This is why we came. Worthy is the lamb. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto you, the one who sits on the throne and to the lamb. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Get comfortable, guys. This is where we're going to be today. You have permission to engage with your king. You have permission to set your heart toward him. I encourage you to hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Just enter into a posture that helps you to lean into this moment. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to come up here to the altar, come up here and get on the altar. If you want to lay down, lay down. Holy Spirit might lead you to a verse that you're to meditate on. It's less about what I'm saying, and it's more about the person of Jesus who's in the room, who wants to encounter us, who wants to touch us. And so, Lord, I thank you right now for the grace that I feel in this moment. It's your heart. It's your longing desire to simply be with your people. Where you are our God and we are your people. This is what you had in the garden. This is what we're going to experience for eternity in the new Jerusalem. And this is what the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has restored access to. Intimacy with you. Fellowship with you communion with you if there's anything we need more of it's your presence for everything else that we could ever desire that we could ever need it is discovered in your presence your love your peace your joy we thank you right now the confidence of our salvation the reality of our sonship it's all discovered in your presence, the power and the anointing to go into a world that is filled with hopelessness and darkness, and we burn brightly as your light in your presence, Lord, giving our hearts back to you daily, picking up our cross, denying ourselves and following you in your presence. Oh God, our desire for holiness and consecration being set apart unto you in your presence. The fullness of joy at your right hand, pleasures, delight forevermore in your presence, Lord. There's no place we'd rather be. It's what we were made for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that you are restoring the priesthood in this hour where every single son and daughter of the living God, before we identify with all of the other realities that, that might, might speak to our giftedness and our anointing and our, our calling, Lord, we first and foremost are sons and daughters who have been called to be kings and priests in your presence. Whether we're full-time pastors or whether we go to a, a, a job, a nine-to-five at a bank, whether we're a stay-at-home mother, where we work at a hair salon, whether we work on cars, whether we're lawyers or doctors, we are all a part of the kingdom of priests that are meant to host the presence of the living God everywhere you've given us influence. Shining for you, 
burning for you. That the reality of Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13 would be our reality. That everywhere we go, we are living altars burning evermore for you. That the fire on the altar of our heart would never go out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as we begin this year, I just sense that you are coming to refresh your church. You are coming personally, Jesus, to touch your church. I thank you for sermons. I thank you for all the things that we have come to expect in a regular Sunday morning service. But I believe you have dropped by. You have stopped by where you, the person of Jesus, you are the sermon that is going to touch the heart of every single one of us this morning. I believe you're doing it all over the world. You personally, Jesus, you are coming to refresh and to touch your church. Oh, to awaken the heart of the bride to restore first love thank you Jesus thank you Jesus where we find the sufficiency of your presence and the sufficiency of your voice thank you Lord hallelujah oh this is the answer to restoring marriages right here this is the answer to wayward prodigal sons and daughters right here This is the hope for every drug addict right here, the presence of the living God. This is the hope for every sinner who thinks that they have gone too far. This is the hope right here that they might come into the presence of the living God. And you yourself, Jesus, touch them and lift their head and bring them into saving grace, bringing them into the reality that they are the very ones that you hung on that cross for, that you, you, Jesus, died for them. And you love them with an everlasting love. It's in your presence that that becomes real. It's in your presence that becomes undeniable. But even right now, if there is anyone in this house that feels unworthy to be in your presence, it's not going to be anything that I say, but Jesus, you have to touch them. Jesus, you have to touch them. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice who says, I'm not worthy to stand in the presence of a holy, perfect, righteous God, Jesus, that you would be made known to them right now and that they would recognize that it's your holiness and it's your righteousness and it's your perfection that's given them access. You've become the bridge. You've become the door for us, making way for us to enter into the holy place free of shame and free of guilt and free of condemnation how dare we hold on to shame how dare we hold on to guilt you paid for it with your blood how dare we hold on to condemnation you paid for it with your blood that we would lay it down at your feet this morning that we would receive you at the reality of John 1 and 12 those who receive you Jesus and believe upon your name to them is given the right is given the power to become sons of the living God do it in this place we set our hearts to you that you would be magnified afresh in our souls this morning thank you Lord thank you Lord Marissa, go ahead and lead us into that song. Thank you, Jesus.
touching hearts all over the room. He's touching hearts all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Every moment I'm away. Lord, have your Thank you, way Lord. in me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, have your way. The refreshing of the Lord. The refreshing of the Lord. Lord, have your way in me. He's lifting heads this morning. Placing crowns on heads this morning. As we look at him, as we gaze upon him, as we worship him. Self-worth and confidence being poured out in hearts right now. hearts right now. Hearts are coming into agreement with Jesus, the truth of the gospel right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Faith is being restored. Belief is increasing for the impossible things. presence of the Lord. physical healing right now expect it in his presence one touch one touch healing in your mind for young adults who were set free from anxiety and depression this weekend receive this morning it's our worship to receive he comes near to the needy he comes near to the broken hearted He comes near to the desperate. He comes near to those who humble themselves in a posture of dependence. He wants to be our daily bread right now, right now, right now. Oh, God, you are sufficient for every single need represented in this room. 
that we would leave knowing that we have been touched, having been encountered by the living God. And the sweetness of this atmosphere and the humility of a moment, a simple moment like this. We expect the miraculous. We expect your power. It doesn't always come in a shout. It doesn't always come. And being loud, but sometimes it's just sweetness and the stillness of his presence. He will do the most miraculous things. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
him keep praising him psalm 84 says how lovely your tabernacle O lord of hosts 
My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the living God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is the sun and the shield of our hearts. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man. Blessed are the people. Blessed is Faith Assembly Church who puts our trust, who puts our trust in you. We love you, Jesus. We love your presence. We come into agreement right now with Malachi chapter 1 verse 11, which says from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name will be made great among the Gentiles, that incense would be poured out to you, a pure offering. Your name would be made great among the nations. We thank you right now. We stand in agreement with David and Solomon when they built the temple in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 verse 2. This is our heart to establish a habitation for you, a dwelling place for you in the earth, an exalted house, oh God. We thank you right now. We come into agreement with Psalm 27 verse 4. This one thing we desire and this we will seek that we might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life, beholding your beauty, inquiring in your temple. Jesus, we set our eyes on you this morning. We set our hearts towards you this morning. You are the one that we love. Yeah, you are the one that we love. Don't stop. Don't stop. You are the one that we love, Jesus. This is why we've come. Oh, we were created for this. This is what your blood and your resurrection purchased. This is the reward. God, just as you spoke to Abraham in Genesis 15, verses 1 and 2, you said, I am your shield and I am your exceedingly great reward. Just like the Levites and the priests of the children of Israel, they did not receive an allotment of the land, for you became their inheritance, oh God. We want to be a people who identify with your presence as our true inheritance, as our true reward, as the true gift of our salvation. And from this place, from this place, Lord, expecting every good thing that we could ever desire. This is the answer. This is the hope that our city and our region, our nation needs. Oh God, and you are raising up from this house, from this house, burning ones, burning ones burning ones oh burning ones everywhere they go I say it again burning ones everywhere they go this will be a revival center. This will be a revival hub in this county, in the name of Jesus Christ. From this place, other leaders, other pastors will be caught on fire. Other congregations, they will hear about what's going on at Faith Assembly, how you are coming in and you are wrecking the meetings. You are wrecking the services and people are in your presence just crying out for more of you, for more of you, for more in you, for more of you, without even people being touched by the hands of men they're being healed without people even even being touched by the hands of men they're being delivered without people even having all of the things that we identify with sinners are coming to repentance sinners are coming to give their heart to give their lives to you in the name of Jesus you are marking this house oh lord 
You are marking this house. You are truly welcomed here. This is truly a place, oh God, that you have been given permission to come and to move and to breathe upon the people unhindered. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And in your presence, our desire is for more of you, more of you, Jesus. An increased awareness of who you are. Hallelujah. My God, even right now, we pray to see you, Jesus. We pray to see you rightly. We want to know you as, as John says in one, John chapter one, my God. We want to know you as John describes you in John chapter one, the word, the word of God who was in the beginning, who was God. We want to know you as John describes in verse 29 of chapter one, the lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. We want to know you, Jesus, the one who had the great zeal and passion for your father's house and you cleansed the temple in John chapter two. We want to know you, Jesus, as the gift of the father, the only begotten who because of the father's love was given to be poured out, to be given, to be the one to take on the sins of the world that whosoever would call upon you would believe upon you would not perish but have everlasting life Jesus we want to know you as who you represent yourself to be in John chapter 4 the one that gives drink that will quench the thirst of every soul the one who gives a drink that will turn into a fountain a spring of eternal life oh Jesus we want to know you according to your description in John chapter 5 that is coming to bring healing to the infirm of every person even if we've been carrying them for 38 years just like the man who waited outside of the pool of Bethesda Jesus we want to know you according to how you're described in John chapter 6 as the bread of life as the living bread Jesus we will stand just like Peter in John chapter 6 and when you invite us to eat your flesh and to drink your blood and many leave we will be like Peter who stands there and says where else will we go for you have the words of life Jesus we want to know you according to how you describe yourself. In John chapter 7, you said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, and that you would produce a spring of water, living water, that would flow from our bellies. We want to know you, Jesus, according to John chapter 8, verse 12, the light of the world. We want to know you, Jesus, according to John chapter 9, the one who gives sight to the blind. We want to know you, Jesus, according to John chapter 10. You are the door. You are the way. Jesus, you are the good shepherd you are the one that has come that we might have life and life more abundantly Jesus we want to know you as the one who raises the dead according to John chapter 11 you are the resurrection and the life Jesus we want to posture ourselves in agreement with you in John chapter 12 when you said if you would be lifted up you would draw you would draw you would draw all men unto you Jesus we thank you right now that we would come into an encounter with you the one in John 13 who washes the feet of his disciples. We want to know you like the disciples knew you in the upper room and you spent your last few moments demonstrating and putting on display the servant's heart. Jesus, we want to know you like that. We want to know you as John chapter 14 verse 6, the way, the truth, and the life. We want to know you according to John chapter 15 verse 5 that you are the true vine, that we would live lives in awareness that apart from you we can do nothing. We want to know 
you, Jesus, as the one, according to John chapter 16, who sends the helper, who sends the Holy Spirit. And you are the one, according to John 16, 33, that has overcome this world. Jesus, we want to know you as the high priest in John chapter 17 that makes intercession and prays for us that we might be one with one another, that we might be one as you are one in the Father, that you would be one in us. Oh, Jesus, this is what you said would draw the eyes of a sin-filled, lost world to believing that you actually came and that you love them with the same love that you received from the Father. Jesus, we want to know you. Oh, Jesus, we want to know you as the one who took the place of Barabbas in John chapter 18 when the people had a choice to either have you released to them or have the murder of Barabbas released to them. Oh, without even opening your mouth, you stood there as they chose Barabbas instead of you. And you took, you took the cup, you took the cup and you went to the cross. And on John 19, you became our king. You became our crucified king with the inscription above your head, king of the Jews. Jesus, we want to know you. We want to know you as the one who took those nails in your hands and those nails in your feet. We want to know you as the one who yielded your last breath. Oh, Jesus, and even before your body was taken down from the cross, the veil was torn. Father, you didn't even wait for your son Jesus to have a proper burial. You didn't even wait for him to go into the grave. You didn't even wait. Jesus, you were still on the cross and the veil was torn. The very thing that separated you, God, from your people, while Jesus was still on the cross, you removed it. But you didn't stay on the cross, Jesus. You didn't stay in the grave. But in John chapter 20, you become our risen Lord. I said in John chapter 20, you become Jesus, our risen, resurrected King. And because you resurrected Jesus, we can have the expectation of resurrection and newness of life. Oh, and Jesus, what did you do? In verse 17 of John chapter 20, the first conversation that you would have in your glorified body, Mary Magdalene is standing there, the first one to see you. And with joy in your heart, Jesus, you look to her and you give her the charge to go back and tell the disciples that you've risen from the dead. And these were your words, Jesus. You said, go and tell my brothers that I'm going to my father and their father, to my God and their God. Those are your first words after resurrecting from the dead. You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to finally announce that because of your sacrifice, your father could become our father and your God could become our God. The first words out of your mouth, the first conversation you had in your glorified body, and there the disciples are cowering behind the door. But their fear, their fear didn't offend you. You came closer. You walked through the door, didn't even open it. <laughs> and you stood before them, Jesus, and I feel you standing right here before us. There's people in this room that I'm sure kind of feel like, Thomas, this is too good to be true. I need to see it with my own eyes. And just as their fear didn't offend you, Thomas's doubt and disbelief didn't offend you, you yet again came closer. And you came to Thomas and you said, Thomas, it's me. 
put your hands and your fingers in my wounds, in the holes of my hand, in the, the wound of my side. Only you, Jesus, in your glorified body would want to carry the marks that paved the way for our redemption, that for all eternity, we would be able to gaze upon those holes and upon that wound, knowing the price that was paid, knowing the price that was paid for us to be restored in the right relationship, to become sons and daughters, kings and priests, co-heirs with you, created to rule and reign, to walk in dominion and authority over all that you created. Those wounds will be there for eternity for us to never forget the price. And in John chapter 21, there you are, Jesus, with your disciples. And Peter, the one who rejected you, you pulled him aside to have a a special one-on-one conversation. One of the last things that you would do before you would ascend and be glorified at the right hand of the Father. And you said to Peter, do you love me? You restored him, God. You restored him, Jesus. And you looked at him and you said, would you tend to my sheep? And that's what you ask us even now specifically to the ones who feel that they've rejected you would you show yourself to them right now just like you did to Peter and give them the opportunity to respond to your question do you love me so they can feel their love for you rise up bubble up in their heart and wash away the regret and wash away say tend my sheep there's even someone of the sound of my voice who have disqualified themselves from participating in the advancement of your kingdom and the work of the ministry because of perceived rejection but on this day you're restoring them and on this day they're going to get up and they are going to get back to the very thing that you've called them to. On this day, they are going to get up and get back to the very ministry, to the very calling, purpose that you've given them, and you know who you are. Do not leave here without receiving that restoration. And Jesus, we want to know you according to the words of John at the end of the book, recognizing that the books of the world could never contain all of the marvelous things that you've done. And in this humble setting, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice who doesn't know this Jesus, again I say, what are you waiting on? His arms are stretched wide open to receive you been sitting here and you 
just don't understand what would cause a room full of people to pour our hearts out to a man, a Jewish man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He wants to meet you today. And if you could just humble yourself enough to recognize everything necessary for your sins to be forgiven, for your sins to be washed clean, for you to be restored to right relationship with God as your heavenly father. If you could humble yourself enough to recognize that Jesus paid that price today, today you can experience salvation. Today you can walk out knowing that you have been redeemed. You have been brought back by the blood of Jesus. And so if that's you, I encourage you, talk to him right now. Right now, in your own words, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead, that you are king, and that you, Jesus, are the only way to the Father. Make me new. Oh, pour out the spirit of adoption right now that I, might, that I might know that I am a son and a daughter of the living God. Fill me with your spirit. And as best I can from this day forward, I give my life to you. I follow you, Jesus. I choose to follow you. For others who have just felt distant from the Lord, others who have just felt far from him, your heart has grown cold. I say, let today be the day that you return to your first love. Let today be the day that you give yourself permission. You give yourself permission to fall in love with Jesus, setting everything else aside, saying goodbye to every distraction and every other lover, every other lover. Whatever might be contending for your affection, contending for your adoration, that you would lay it down at the feet of Jesus today, that you would find yourself like Mary of Bethany, just sitting at his feet, waiting on his every word. Not from a place of striving, not from a place of self-righteousness, but from a place of arrest, because you know with confidence that you are his beloved. Come to him. I hear the Lord say, come to me. Come to me solution fix your eyes fix your gaze behold me once again Isaiah 45 22 your living is in your looking the scripture says look to me and you'll find life so let's do that right now you're worthy of it all you're worthy of it all Jesus, one more time, one more time. You're worthy. You're worthy. You 
day and night, night and day. job, every school, through the streets of Uniontown, through the streets of Fayette County. Stay right there. Go ahead and play. Go ahead and play. Really quick, if you would say today that you want to to be commissioned, commissioned afresh, I really feel this in my heart. And that this is a year that you are going to set yourself apart, consecrate yourself as holy unto the Lord. And every place that the Lord has given you influence, you are going to turn into a habitation for his dwelling. If you desire that anointing, I just want you to lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now for every home, for every job, for every school. For every sphere of influence, you know where these hands are going on Monday. You know where these hands are going. And I pray right now that there would be, uh, oh, I pray that there would be an anointing from heaven that falls onto every single one of these hands, that they would recognize who they are as kings and priests, and that every place that their feet touches, Lord God, that they would recognize it is meant to be turned into the dwelling of the Lord, that they would find a secret place, that they would find a separate place wherever that is, to steal away and to pray to you, to lift up your word, to worship you, that they would identify other believers in those fears of influence, even if it's just two or three, and they would set aside five minutes, ten minutes a day, every single day, and they would turn again their jobs, their schools, their homes. God, I see families, Lord Jesus, setting themselves apart in this lifestyle of lifting up prayer and lifting up praise unto you, that their homes would become sanctuaries and habitations for your presence and then when they come together on Sunday my God when they come together on Sunday after carrying your glory everywhere you've given them influence throughout the week that there would be a roar that there would be a shout God that there would be an anointing that rests upon this house that this city and this county would not be able to ignore God I speak that from that posture there will be more miracle signs 
wonders, a harvest, Lord God, of lost souls coming into your kingdom. The transformation of this city, oh God. I thank you right now that you will download strategy to, oh God, to come against the very things that have been plaguing this county, from drug addiction to mental illness to whatever else it may be, that this would be a house that receives from heaven the blueprint to take this city and to take this county for the kingdom of God because they are kings and priests hosting your presence every single day, everywhere they go. Husbands and wives, children at their schools, young people, positions of influence, leaders and bosses and managers all over this city. I thank you for it right now. Just just thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord. Praise him for in advance with faith, with faith. Thank him for in advance. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. stand all across this place if you were if you were waiting for the preaching you missed it you missed it but good news we have it on Facebook live and it's on a podcast so you can get it if you made Jesus the Lord of your life today I'm going to invite you that as you leave today our next steps area that is in the back our our, our attendants that are there, they'd love to connect with you. Any of our prayer team, they'll make themselves available here to you today. But thank you for being in the presence of the Lord. Listen, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. How many want to move into more? Want to move into more? Listen, the more cannot be contained in a building. You better believe God's going to give you a strategy to raise funds, build a building, do things, because we're still in the midst of all that. But we'll never build a place big enough to contain the power and the glory and the presence of God. It's not about buildings. Hear me? It's not about buildings. It's not about money. It is about the presence of God alive and at work in people's lives, transforming individuals and transforming homes and lives and futures to the glory of Jesus' name. The Bible says that in the altar, on the altar, that the light is to burn and to never go out. If your light wasn't lit this morning, then in Jesus' name, how many believe today that the light is burning? The light is burning. How many would say the light is burning in your heart this morning? Can I tell you what the light is? Listen, remember this. The light is not our work unto God. The light is our love and our heart poured out to him. You'll burn out if you make it about work, but you'll never burn out if you make it about loving who he is and your heart pouring out to him. So burn with love. This is not a works gospel. We don't burn to do works. We burn to love on Jesus. And guess what the love of Jesus? It just naturally reveals his glory. It naturally produces resources. It naturally builds what is needed. It naturally gives strategy and ideas and restoration. It naturally, in a supernatural way, breaks the yoke of the bondage of sin and sets captives free. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So my prayer today is, God, let it burn. When we get home, if you've got a family, let it burn in your family. 
listen, this is why Moses said in, in, in Deuteronomy, do not let these things fall away from your lips, but speak about these day and night. Talk about the things of the Lord. Declare the name of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. Church, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, one week in. I can't wait to see what God's going to speak and do in the next two weeks as we humble ourselves, as we wait upon the Lord. Maybe for you it begins. I just want to declare this, that even as he was speaking today, depression is gone in Jesus' name. I speak over this house, anxiety and depression. It is not of the Lord. It is You don't have to worry what it is. You declare in Jesus' name that I am the son or the child of the living God, that he who lives in me, I am him and he is in me. I'm made whole in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Church, I'm glad you came today. I'm telling you what, I, I'm, I'm, there's a refreshing wind of God's presence. Let me say it again, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, the spirit of the Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God, I love your presence. Jesus. 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 There is no other name under heaven whereby men and women must be saved. Come on, one more time. I know we're going to go, but would you just one more time, would you lift up the name of Jesus? Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, everything we are is about you. It is for you. Jesus, be the center of it all. Be the center of our homes. Be the center of our worship. Be the center of our workplace. Be the center of our families, our affections, our desires. Jesus, be the center of it all. We bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that today, would you say amen?